0: Hello and welcome to Vet Club. We are uh, here for another edition of the week, or the, my week, or a week.
1: It's either the week or this week. I don't this remember week, what I typed. For this week, I think it was the week. The, we, the I week ripped in, it off that newspaper. The thing week that in I used to review. Read.
0: Yeah, the week. It's a good one. Um, so yeah, we're talking about my week.
1: What week? Is, it's January. End of January
0: is the end of January 2022. End of January week. Uh, I think it started around with. <clears throat> Tomorrow's, uh, tomorrow's the 31st, thir- so it started 23rd? 24th. I think it's the 24th. Twenty fourth. Yeah, 24 plus 7 is 31. Yeah. So anyhow, um, yeah, that's, that was a long time ago. Um, so we were supposed to be week. in Denver. Yeah, for yeah. For a conference. That's right. So. Ish, conference-ish. Uh, yeah, it was a strategic planning meeting that due to COVID and uh, Omicron surges, uh, was determined we would reschedule it so because um, it was apparently people thought it was really important that we had this in person, which is fair um, for the kind of collaborative discussions it was supposed to be. So at any rate, I had made a schedule that included me not being on clinics for the second half of this past week and then late it was fairly fairly late that the meeting was postponed and I decided, ooh, I'm already not supposed to be on clinics. Other people have the schedule where they're working. I will continue to not be on clinics and it will be super awesome and I'll be crazy productive and get and a bunch of stuff what done. What are you we hoping to get done? So I had agreed several months ago um, to write book chapters for two different books. Um, so two different editors. Oh, I didn't
1: know there was two different books.
0: Yeah, and they're, they're both due around the same time. One is due very soon and one is due slightly less soon than that one <laughs> um and so as you know I, i'm a normal person and so it's always like oh i've been working on them like collecting so um research and stuff like that them? when did i well one of them is not finished um the other one because i had to finish one first what yeah there's no sound oh, on that's that yet. the wrong button anyway uh, yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it's this one yeah.
0: well it's, i'm still fine I'm, nothing's late so it's fine um but I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna set aside these three days, and I can get like really focused on writing. And um, the problem with that is there's always like things that need to be done and meetings that people are like, oh, can we meet next week? Oh, can we do this? And I was like, oh, I have some time. And it's like, okay, well, I'll just one meeting that day and one thing that day. And next thing I know, I've got like a bajillion meetings yeah. each of the days, and then critical stuff to comes start
1: up. Monday through Friday, and it is. And weekends. It
0: is. Yeah, that's true.
1: Because you're too needed.
0: Right. And so even some clinical stuff came up too, where it was like, oh, you know, can we get your input on this case or um, various situations? So I, cause I still go into work on these days. I, I'm in my office and I try to dress differently. <laughs> so I dress very differently when I'm on clinics. Um, so I'm dressed, you know, more professionally, you know, either in like slacks and a sweater or something like that, or a skirt or a dress. That's how I dress on clinics. But um, I was wearing like workout clothes yeah <laughs> if you look on our Instagram you can and see the exact outfits so that's true that's true because we would go to CrossFit many of these days afterwards so anyway I, I try to also set the like the visual uh, tone when I'm at work on these off clinic days to be like yeah I'm not on clinics like yeah. I, you can't yeah <laughs>
1: wear unprofessional clothing and people won't yeah, expect those
0: are. yeah those are your running tights are those leopard print running tights they are in fact um, this is this is not what I wear <laughs> when I'm when I'm seeing uh, patients and clients It doesn't work that well. No. (laughs) Nobody cares anymore. They just seem to not. But like I dress very differently anyway. um, But mostly I just have to create those boundaries and be like, nope, I'm doing these things. A lot of this was my own fault um, for, you know, scheduling too many things. So I wasn't nearly as productive as I wanted to be, which meant I was working this weekend. Sorry. Um, But there was another thing that um, I've added to my calendar. Um. So for feedback uh, for courses, usually for a course at the end of the, the course, whenever it ends at the end of the semester, um, you know, the students all do their evaluations and then you've, you know, finished submitting grades and then the class is done, everything's over. And then shortly after it finishes, you get a summary of all the feedback from the students and, you know, what are their ratings for how you did in various categories. and how many comments. chili peppers you get. Yeah, exactly. I don't really know what that means. That's
1: for ratemyprofessor.com. Oh, okay, gotcha. If you get a chili pepper; it means you're hot.
0: Oh, no, that's I, that's not a thing that we get. No, we um,
1: don't do that at Virginia Tech.
0: Well, I don't know. Not at, if people go to rate your professor. I guess you do, but not um, specifically the official rating system at Virginia do you have your Tech. Phone? No, no. Do you have yours? No, no. Mine's in the other room. So, um, at any rate that's what happens after a course. So like once it finishes, you immediately get that feedback, but for clerkships, for clinical rotations, they're ongoing. And because the nature of them, there's usually only a handful of students on at a time. You don't get like they, they cluster everything together. So basically if every, our rotations are three weeks long. And so if the end of every three weeks, I got the feedback from the previous three weeks, the theory, like in theory, I could try to deduce which students said what, um, and because clinics are kind of a funny thing and we worry about like, oh, that student gave me a bad rating. It's going to, I'm going to somehow make their lives harder at any rate. <laughs> they do want to um, maintain the anonymity. Of student evaluations, and so we get those in big old chunks. So basically, every six months or so, I get the previous—I don't even know exactly what the time frame is—but like the previous six months evaluations um, for my clinical teaching, and so those came up re- like the last week, um, and so I read through those and. There's like the Likert scale, like rate one through five, how much do you agree with this? And those are fine. And I look at those, but what I really enjoy, what is really helpful is the comments that the students give, because that's where you can really get down into like what was working, what wasn't. And then I find like students are really good at making suggestions. Um, You know, like this, this work, but like, I really liked this. So like more of this, or it'd be really cool if you did this instead. Um, So not only do I get like, Feedback like, okay, what's working, what's not, but also sometimes just really good ideas come up. So, in my review of the feedback from this chunk of time, um, uh, the, the mixture of sort of positive and constructive feedback was like, we like it when you do rounds, you don't do it enough. <laughs> that was like the, the summary.
1: Mm-hmm. How often do you do rounds?
0: <sighs> so, like per week. It that's the problem that it fluctuates.
1: Five chances per week. I have
0: five chances a week and some weeks it's like three or four and some weeks it's like one. What? Right, exactly. So it's it's hey. And here's why. Because I schedule a bunch of things in the afternoon. (laughs) And so I started recognizing, like, I just, like, did a quick peek at my calendar. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I scheduled a meeting then. Oh, I scheduled a meeting then. Because in my mind, my afternoons are open because my morning is spent on clinics. Mm -hmm. And so I was um, kind of going into my calendar with the thought process that my afternoons are open. And the afternoons, for me, the way the student schedule goes on the rotation, I want to catch capture the students when they overlap. So one has a shift um, that goes from like six to four, and the other one has a shift that's two to midnight. And so three o'clock is kind of the sweet spot. Yeah.
1: Do and the students need to email you to schedule time for
0: rounds? Uh, no, well, yeah, kind of. Um, so <laughs> essentially, what I realized what what I was doing is I was not blocking that time off on my calendar. And therefore, I was scheduling a bunch of stuff. So it's not like I was just like sitting around not doing anything um, and not doing rounds with the students, it was always like, oh, I have this meeting. Oh, I have that thing. And so in response to the feedback um, that I got from the students, I now, if you look in our shared calendar, I have every weekday, Monday through Friday, I just put ECC rounds from three to four every day.
1: So you don't end up being that, uh, that professor you always hear about. It's like, yeah, they're, they're on clinics, but they're always just in their office.
0: Yeah. So it's hard for me because, um, I am on clinics every single week. Um, So I do have to be careful because I have things I have to do, like write book chapters and other research reports and write an IRB, which I'm behind on. And I have an cook on one study, but I need to like go and get hospital approval for this. Like I have all these other non-clinic work things that I have to do. Um, And so because I'm on clinics every week, I'm also running into this like expectation that I'm just always available for everything (laughs) Um, clinical. And this is that the students are actually pretty good about that. Um, And then like the people on my team understand, and they're generally pretty good about that. They'll reach out when they need me, but they're not like, why aren't you here holding our hand the whole time always? Um, Like people on other services don't always get that. And it's because the way I'm doing my schedule is so different than what most other you know yeah. faculty members do, where you're like on this week, you're off that week, you're on this week, or even some people that um, where that's like a single. Um, specialist for their service um, they'll they'll sometimes do instead of like weeks on they'll be like okay Monday through Wednesday is when I'm available um, but for for critical care that doesn't really work it's not like oh well yeah if, if you have a critical problem on Thursday too bad and right there's only one of you right and so I'm trying to like find that balance um, but um, I, I don't also want to be <laughs> that faculty member where students are like yeah she's just like always in her office and never available So in response to that, because again, overall I would say that the feedback I got from students was really positive. They were very supportive and they appreciated, you know, um, you know, the emphasis I put on learning and their education and and the approach, but they were just like, but we wanted a little bit more. We wanted more consistency. Um, and so that was my response. I was like, okay, so now it's in my calendar. Now that's just uh,
1: listen to the stupid (laughs) podcast.
0: Um. That See, that seems like not the right response. I mean, you should be listening to the podcast, obviously, um, if that's the thing you like to do. But if you're listening now, if you're hearing us say that, you already do. Um, but I. so I try to take that feedback seriously. Now, that doesn't mean that every single day I'm going to be able to do rounds. I am still occasionally going to have to have meetings at that time because that's the only time that the other people are available. But I'm going to stop treating that like it's free time. Like yeah, it's open I can time. I tell
1: them it's like... I would rather not have it at this time.
0: Right. Uh, can we do it at 2? Can we do it at 4? Um other things like that. So, um it, it but I think just putting it in my calendar as that reminder will one help so that I don't unnecessarily book myself for things during that time. Uh, I mean there's other th- other reasons that we don't do rounds in the out. Like if there's a bunch of really good emergencies that come in, students are going to get a lot out of seeing the cases rather than talking in abstract abstract terms about topics, then yeah, they're going to do that. But um, so at any rate, that was another kind of change that I made this this past week um, in response. I also think it's important for people to know that like, like, I don't... I, I can really only speak for myself. But in general, I can say that, like, we do read the evaluations that, that people give. Um, and and I, I try to make an effort to respond, you know, to say, okay, even if it's not gonna be perfect and exact what everybody wanted, um, although in this case it was a fairly straightforward solution to problem, we want more rounds. Okay, let's try to book some more time for that. So I did better this week. Even on those days when I wasn't on clinics, um, I still managed to, um, to get some extra round sessions in. And I do think the students appreciate that. I mean, they even say like, Hey, thanks for doing rounds. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, so I do think it, it has an impact. Um, but Doing the evaluations also has an impact. So for those of you anonymous students who had done the evaluations in the past year, thank you for that. Um, and you should be, you know, current students, future students should be appreciative of people people who have done their evaluations in the past and pay it forward to your evaluations. I do read them. I do try really hard to yeah, respond hard to them.
1: Do them too, too, because they seem like as a student when I was getting them in college, mm-hmm. it was always just like, here's this one to five scale that means nothing. yeah. And it's like, how am I supposed to score this at all? Because I would be in like, yeah. I've had totally different things in jobs. I remember when I yeah. was working in the dorms, they would rate us as employees. And if you got a three out of five, you were doing everything correct. And it's great. Keep going. If you got a four out of five, you were amazing.
0: Yeah.
1: And like very few four out of fives. If you got a five out of five, you are the best person. You should
0: probably be running this department.
1: Yeah. You're the best <laughs> person at this in the college.
0: Yeah. So like you're not getting fives. And
1: then I go into like food service stuff and it's like we need a five out of five every time. And you need to get like twenty of those a day. And I'm like, well, why what? can't I just get rings? Yeah. And then um uh, and then I went to Lowe's and it's like, we want ask customers how we can get a seven, tell them you want a seven out of seven. And it's like, how can I possibly give like the best possible service to someone? Like, the only way I can do that is if I give them a fridge for half off free delivery. (laughs) Yeah, right. if I don't do that, then it's not a seven out of seven. It's a six out of seven.
0: Yeah, that's, like, yeah, the expectation. So I will say um, those Likert scale ratings, um, every institution I've worked at, the way those get used is usually you get compared to your, like, department or your college mean. So, like, okay, um, instructors in small animal clinical sciences or instructors just in the College of Veterinary Medicine on the category of, you know, how, um, you know, how well did your instructor convey the material Yeah, that's not a good example but you get the idea and you know one is you know terrible and five is amazing and you know you get your i get my ratings um and so if my rating is a 3.7 um on some category um with five being amazing and one being terrible i get a 3.7 and the department average or the department mean or whatever group they decided they're going to compare me to is a 4.2 then they say hey bobby we need you like it's funny that they
1: uh they take the average of categorical data.
0: I know, I know, but whatever. Uh, well, you can.
1: Th- no, there's
0: justification for in some ways doing that. I, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Because if you
1: had like, so if you had ten people, right, give you things and you get, um, you get all fours, right, and then, but what if you got ten people and you got what is it? It's hard. Let me. I'll just do having you get all ones. And yeah. fives. Yeah. The person who got like half ones, half fives, or the person that got all fours. Or all threes. Yeah, or all threes. Yeah. They're going to have about the same average. Right. Yes. But the person who got all the ones is clearly a lot worse and has problems.
0: Yeah. But um, I, the, the, I'm just telling you what, what happens. Yeah. yeah, that's
1: what happens. It's just, <laughs> it's just funny because so, it's a yeah. very... It's
0: so evaluation, student evaluations of faculty as a measure of faculty performance are dubious at best. However, that is how they get used. Yeah. So if I have a 3.7 and the department mean for that category is 4.2, they can be like, you know, you're, you're doing OK, but we'd like to see you do better. Um, and if I'm getting a 4.7 when the department mean is 4.2, then it's like, hey, you're doing great. Okay, but like I said before, what I actually care about is the comments. Like yeah. that's the meaningful stuff right there, um, because the Likert scale is, is I think that's what I would usually artificial. do
1: for my college ones because you didn't yeah. have to fill them out. I wouldn't fill out any of the Likert stuff, and I yeah. would just put a comment. They down.
0: want that stuff though. I mean, yeah. I want the comments, and so if you don't list any of the the scale things and you just give me comments, perfect. I'm totally fine with yeah. that.
1: Do you know if they just throw those out if you don't with all the
0: uh, you know what Likerts? I'm not a hundred percent sure about here. I know at, at Florida, if you had fewer than 10% of the total number of possible students responding, they threw the data out.
1: Oh, I mean like, um, like if I were to, for mine, when I didn't fill out any of the Likert stuff.
0: Oh, you'd still get the comments. Oh, I get, yeah. No, that the whole, they don't throw the whole thing out. Um, this
1: is like, Oh, this person didn't fill it out enough.
0: No, they'll give you, they'll give he you didn't the bubble his
1: straight fives.
0: No. Well, because there's obviously also um, a number of, cause you'll, they'll give you like the n that how many people responded for each of your answers. And it's mm-hmm. not always the same number. It's usually the same or really close, but not always. And there's obviously fewer comments than total number of responses. Although I would say that the feedback that um, I read from um, this last chunk from clinical evaluations, there were a lot of comments. Like I was really impressed and really grateful for, all of the students who actually like gave comments and thoughtful ones. Like again, the the specifics and the detailed things. And, um, you know, like what I'm trying to respond to are, you know, what are the themes that come up over and over? It's like, okay, we like this. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. We want more rounds. We want more rounds. (laughs) And so, um, you know, it, that doesn't mean that if one person doesn't like make some comment that I'm going to ignore, it's like, Oh, only one person said it. So ignore. But like, if it's meaningful and it's very specific, I would be like, Ooh, and I've totally stolen ideas from students who have suggested yeah. things like with labs that I've changed. Like, Oh, we wish it was like, I was like, Oh, I hadn't even thought of doing it like that. That's a great idea. Yeah. I'll do that now.
1: And just making stuff so that students like it and aren't yeah. intimidated by it. Cause you were talking about that this week with, um, when you were at Florida, we were trying to do drug calculation stuff. Yeah. And, um, like the first time you did it, it didn't go over well. The second yeah. time, it didn't go over as well. And the third time, it went over pretty well. But you were talking about people, like students, were still kind of intimidated by you, yeah, because of what previous students had said.
0: Yeah, I actually you started considering this phenomenon. Whereas at
1: Virginia, everybody's yeah. like, "Oh, like, oh,
0: we love Dr. Cotter. She's so nice," and blah 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 blah. I mean, that's a because bit you an they got. They had the benefit of the the years of me making mistakes. Three years (laughs) it took
1: you to figure out how to teach people drug calculations without them freaking out.
0: It's true. Um, There's definitely that, and then you do get some of that like afterglow effect where like the class before yours thinks that dr connor was really great and so they tell you oh man yeah you should definitely take that course with dr connor she's really great and then students go into that course thinking dr connor is really great and so even when i make some mistakes or do something stupid, they're like well we're going to give her the benefit of the doubt because the other people thought she was great versus if you're like oh my gosh dr connor is a jerk and she makes you do all these drug calculations and she's the absolute worst and then you're going to go into it and being like Oh, these are the worst. I hate this versus going into it like completely open minded,
1: yeah, it's funny too, like because we had that when I was in college. Um, there's always a couple of professors doing every class mm-hmm. and i'm I don't know, I'm overconfident and <laughs> doing math, and I guess i might I might not be overconfident, yeah, you're um, right. with doing and math over, and stuff, so, so it's like confident. it's it's like, oh, it doesn't matter what professor I get if it's hard or whatever. yeah and uh, so i'd never i just took the class when i wanted to take the class at the I didn't time worry not about worry about the professor about it. yeah and i only ever had one class where the the people were right about the teacher being unreasonably hard yeah yeah
0: so most of the time they would complain this teacher's yeah, really hard and you're like, they, like they were oh. fine
1: but there was one like chemistry press professor at flores oh you can't take it with him he's too hard he wrote his own book and blah 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 blah, blah. and it's just like he just gave you like a manual with all the the stuff to do it and it it was the exact same chemistry as the other class. Yeah, and his test was a multiple choice test. How hard can that be?
0: <laughs> we got the zoomies going on in the background here. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it is kind of funny how how that can happen though, where um, you just get a reputation.
1: Yeah, and people would just drop like.
0: I don't know if that's happening to the recording, but my sound is it my earphones that are being weird?
1: Oh, maybe. I don't hear anything. Okay. Okay. Good.
0: Yeah. That's probably my earphones. Um, it, it, and it can be good or bad, right? Like, it could benefit you uh, at, if you're the instructor. And, you know, the students are like, yeah, that person's really great. And, you know, you kind of get more forgiveness than somebody who has a reputation for being particularly harsh or whatnot. Um, or it can really, kind of, as a student, it can kind of help or hinder. You know, I feel like that's just false. But it makes it really hard as an instructor if you're trying to improve but like students come into it with this, this, this the, their preconceived assumptions that you're mean or you're harsh, or you're like, well, I just I make mistakes, but I'm trying to do better. Yeah. I, it, now that doesn't mean that if you know one class says, oh, Dr. Connor's the worst, and and I make a bunch of improvements, that the students are gonna be like, nope, doesn't matter what she did this time, she is she's still terrible,
1: the worst. But
0: at any rate, ah, sorry, I'm struggling over here technologically. Uh-huh. I don't know what's happened. My earphones are making it sound weird. So that was something else that I did this week was um, try to make some changes based on the the feedback I've gotten from students on the clerkships. So that's pretty good. Um, What other things happened this week?
1: Were there any cases?
0: Nope, we had no cases for the whole week. Um, Oh, but update on that... um, the ventilator case yeah. that we talked about last time. So she came in for a recheck and like, she's like walking, like not Normal. normally, but oh my gosh, she's looking so much better. So that was like continuation of that win. So very excited for that, for that case. Um, let me think, like I said, I wasn't on clinics for the second yeah, half of the week. Like two days. So um, we had, we had a good, you know, post-op case that I was helping the, um, some of the surgeons with, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a clinical week for me. So this, um, although there was a little bit at the beginning, this was a non-clinical kind of week. So it was more some meetings and doing some reading, some writing. I had my own homework to do for my, the course that I take. Which um, you haven't done yet. Well, and I had clap, but I had class on Tuesday. It's yeah. mostly done. It's not due until later. Um, <laughs> but i had my class on tuesday night so that was the first like real class the the class before was like an introductory thing this was the first like real class so that was good it was good talking about some new things going into a little bit more depth on some educational theories and um yeah so that was kind of my week yeah oh so we went to the movies a couple times too yeah
1: so when you write <laughs> book chapters okay how do how do they pick you to write a book chapter Are they just like oh yeah bobby could do that
0: kind of Um, so yeah, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit odd, um, because, you know. Is it just
1: like one person in charge or is there a committee?
0: So it's usually, it's whoever decides to be the editors. Yeah. So sometimes it's one person. No one Um, really knows
1: how they. So when you look at
0: a textbook, it'll have on the front cover edited by like the editors. I'm
1: going to be honest?
0: You don't ever look at that.
1: No, not. I look at who it's made. I just assume that that person did the whole book.
0: Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have, that is sometimes true. It that could is be true with the true. books.
1: I don't, probably not.
0: But probably not. Um, so the textbooks it, f- for most things are going to have other contributors. Yeah. Um, and so the editors is what it will, it will say edited by. Um, yeah, I'm and pretty then, sure that's
1: what the books I, yeah,
0: say. Yeah. That I means I, there's lots of authors. Yeah. And usually very they don't early. don't get any credit or- from me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is kind of how it goes. And like when you refer to a book, you'll be like, oh, well, that's Debartola, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, he's not the one who wrote that chapter, but it's his book and he edited it. Um, so anyway, you get editors, one or more. Um, sometimes one, usually probably commonly at least a couple. Um, but then the editor or editors um, decide if it's a new textbook, they kind of come up with this is the this is the textbook. This is the topic I want to cover, and they'll come up with like a general outline um, for what you know topics they want covered. And then they have to find authors. So if they're not going to write the entire thing themselves, which is a big undertaking, yeah I was, um, I was
1: very impressed by. Yeah, that's not what not most. Not much.
0: That's not what most of the time happens. It's still a lot of work to be the editor, um, but then they have to find authors for their specific chapters. And I imagine there's probably a couple different ways people go about it. Um, sometimes they might talk to a colleague who is just you know knowledgeable of the broad topic and say, hey are there some topics that you would like to contribute or maybe they help even kind of come up with some of the the topics or themes. Um, but probably more often than not, it's the other way around where the editors would say, here's the outline of the book. These are the topics we want covered. And then they will reach out to specific people um, to ask if they'd like to contribute. And um, so, yeah, it's just, that's kind of one of the things about like knowing people in your field and other people getting to know you. Um, and then they, you know, they'll How many book out.
1: chapters have you done?
0: So that are published, uh, I think I only have one that's actually in print. Yeah, I have one that is in the process of being printed, and then two more now. That
1: so it takes a while be. to be oh, like it, a person that yeah would
0: pick. yeah, um, and it just kind of depends. It's it's it, honestly it's a probably a little bit more who you know yeah. um, than what you know because you know if you're going to be writing a book chapter, you want you want to reach out to people that you know, and you think are experts in the field, but there are tons of people that generally are reliable. That's the other thing is you want somebody that, you know, you're like, I can count on this person. So you either want somebody that you know, and that you can harass if they are not keeping up with their stuff. At least that's what I would, I would consider. Um, Or just people that you you think are reliable to, to kind of fulfill the, uh, the requirements and, you know, meet deadlines and that kind of thing.
1: And so when you write a chapter, you just like sit down, it's like, And just like vomit on the paper. It's like, this is all I know about this thing. Or do you
0: you cite
1: everything?
0: So yeah, book chapters are a little different than like a paper where the rules on citations are a little looser. um, Because you also like, you want it to flow a little bit better, right? Mm -hmm. This is less of like a... It's a novel. It's not quite a novel, but it's more, you know, closer to novel than a typical scientific report. Um, But you do want, you know, at least... Presumably you and your editors, you you still want it to be legitimate and, you know, rooted in the available science um, as much as possible. But you want it to flow nicely and it's usually meant for educational purposes. So you want to explain this in a way that is going to kind of synthesize a lot of different information into like one, you know, manageable chunk, um, it would be how sort of I'm going to approach it. So what I do is, you know, usually gather up all the literature that I think I need, do my research and say, okay, what's all the information? And then try to organize that in my mind and then come up with an outline. Like, how do I want this to flow? And then then becomes then comes the word vomiting. Then it is just like at some point I just got to start writing and just mm-hmm. see where it goes, and then go back and change and you know rewrite this. Oh, I didn't like this here. Move this to this section, um, because as much as like I have an idea of what the outline is going to be, sometimes it doesn't work quite the way I first envisioned.
1: Do you cite at um, all? Oh yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So. So
1: you probably like everything that you used to research. You'd Not everything is
0: going to necessarily find its way as a citation mm-hmm. um, and different chapters do it differently. Sometimes there's like suggested further reading. Yeah. So there might be some um, articles where you're like, OK, I didn't specifically cite this, but there's a lot of good stuff in here and I just want to direct people to that. Yeah. Um, so you can do that. And that's sometimes a formatting thing that it's up to the editors and the publishers of how they want to do that. Um,
1: oh, You're bad. Weren't you, you're the one that's bad about that. There's like the blurbs or stuff and you just skip over them.
0: Oh Was yeah. I'm the worst. I'm terrible. <laughs> so like in a textbook, if they're like call out boxes or something like that, it's a different font, different color off to the side. I don't read. Well, cause I'm like reading and there's a flow to it, right? Like you read paragraph then paragraph then paragraph. It's not like, stop reading, go read this other. Like, I don't like those. Um, but most, most chapters, m- most books have them. And like when I'm writing them, I, they're like, you have to have some of these. And I'm like, but it doesn't work really well for I me. Like and I never it. know where to insert them and, because it, for me, it breaks up the flow of the chapter because I like to read and I'm just I'm just happy reading. I don't need you to yeah. stop every few minutes and like put a but Like a, a picture. page
1: full of two columns of text is intimidating for most people.
0: I guess, but I'm like, if you start breaking it up, I just ignore that stuff. And I'm like, cool, it's a shorter page. <laughs> I just, um, that was other time? stuff, there was if it's in a separate box to me, that's, that's obviously not that important because I don't even have to read it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's my mental defect, I guess. I don't know. Because I've had that happen where, you know, it's like, I, where was that in the chapter? What are you talking yeah, there's about? And something they're like, recently it's we were in that about giant that you said- thing that like b- jumps out at you, like read me. And I'm like, wait, what? They're, what are you talking about? It's like on the page. I'm like, oh yeah, I skip right over those. So yeah, it's kind of weird. That's that's the thing I do. Um, but when I write, I follow the rules and I put those types of call out boxes in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, so that's yeah, that's what this week was more. It was it was a non-clinical week of trying to get caught up on some writing. Not nearly as caught up as I hope to be to get, but there it is. That's how it went.
1: Yeah. It was also very cold. <laughs>
0: that did. It slowed everything down for yeah. sure. Um, but we did uh, we did pretty good with CrossFit this week. Yeah. We saw a couple movies this week. Yeah.
1: Um, we're trying to be better about putting stuff on Instagram and Twitter. Yep. And yeah, Instagram we wordled every pictures.
0: day this week. Yeah. My streak's uh, up to 16. Mine also. Cause and then, we started at the same time. Cause Topher told me about it on yeah. the same day he started it.
1: And then, Oh, I started putting all the, uh, journal articles. Oh yeah. For Tuesdays up on Twitter. Yep. yep. So you and can then follow along. There's some like Google doc thing that you do too, that people can maybe join.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be for people who might like actually physically join okay, like, cool. in person so, journal club. Yeah. Twitter. Check on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Veterinary yeah. and it, Journal be Club. A, it would be a good thing, like to read the journals before you listen. I think if you can. If you don't have time, then probably listening is better than nothing. But, um, but yeah, like if you're a yeah. resident out there and you are like, oh, these are really helpful for me for training. Like, you should probably read the articles yourself, and then listening to the podcast would like reinforce. It'd be a good like, yeah, you know. Um, pulling that information and processing it and um, retrieval practice is one of the things I learned in my education psychology courses mm-hmm. is that is what it help will help you remember it. If you have to actually like think about it and process it rather than just like reread it. Um, so study tip, <laughs> but so listening to the podcast, I think would be a good form of retrieval practice if you've already read the article. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's the fun things that are happening in our world. Mostly mine, not as much yours
1: yeah mine we just pick stuff up
0: and you put it down and we, we did that down. too we did pictures of that on instagram um which is hilarious i finally got pictures of you or video of you to put up because normally hey, you you're made the one the
1: coach take the video well
0: because i'm supposed to be working out i take
1: my video wants to work out too
0: I know, I don't know why you do that. So we'll be working out and Topher will not be doing the thing he's supposed to be doing so he can get video of me. He can do it faster. He can post on Instagram. Um, But um, I wanted to get some of him. (laughs) But then our coach came by. I was like, hey, can you take this video, Topher? And then he did and we posted it on Instagram and it was fine. Mm -hmm. Anyway, (laughs) I am more dedicated to the CrossFit. That's really what we're saying. I lifted more. Well, so (laughs) in that particular workout. All right, we'll catch you guys next time.
1: Bye.